Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and soon to be a certified brain rewiring coach. We're going to be talking about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing for the Lady Climber. You can learn more about me and the services I offer over at ladybetacoaching.com and over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so happy that you're here. Today, we're going to be doing a listener question and answer. I'm really excited about this. I got some really, really good questions, and I'm probably going to make this into a two-part type of series because I got so many questions, and I want to spend a little bit of time on each of these and really explore them and give them the space that they deserve. So some updates and some housekeeping from me. Make sure if you have not yet filled out the post-Synergy launch survey. If you were interested in joining Synergy but ended up not joining for whatever reason, I would love to have you fill out the survey. I will link it in the show notes. It really helps me to learn exactly what you're struggling with, what I can create more of to help you overcome those struggles. And I'm really excited because you can actually join the waitlist for the next round of Synergy that will be happening later this year on that survey, along with being able to be the first to know when my next newest mindset offer comes out. This is going to be a lower cost mindset offer. It's going to be in a group setting. It's going to be teaching, listening, learning from me, from other people. It's going to be a really supportive community feel to it. I'm really, really excited about it. We're going to be covering topics like overcoming the fear of falling, overcoming the comparison trap, talking all about how to deal with failure, which is going to be part of the question that I'm going to be answering today and really being able to explore these topics in depth, be able to have takeaways and homework. And I'm really, really excited about this next offer. So make sure if you have not yet filled out that survey, again, I will link it in the show notes. It really helps me. And you'll be entered to win one of three free training programs from me if you end up winning. So let's go ahead and get on into these questions. So the first one, I really, really like this question. And What was asked was dealing with showing emotional frustration when climbing and the stigma around it. So what is my experience and my advice for that? So for me, this is something that I definitely used to struggle with a lot. And I'm a person that feels things very deeply. And I think a lot of people are probably going to resonate with that a lot. Like when we feel like we're not performing our best or we're just like not living up to our standards or things are just happening that we can't necessarily control, that can feel really frustrating. And a lot of the times, you know, a decent way to let that frustration out is to show emotion or show that frustration and I think a lot of the times, you know, there's there are people that aren't necessarily comfortable with that. And if you show emotions around those types of people, they're probably going to make you feel bad about it because they feel uncomfortable. You know, I'm not saying like, yeah, let's just go like totally tear, tear ourselves down at the crag and yell and scream every single time. You know, I would argue that we probably need to change our approach a little bit. But I absolutely think that showing frustration is 
totally fine. It's totally normal. Um, I do think that there's quite a bit of a double standard between men and women showing and expressing this frustration. In my personal experience, I've, you know, definitely witnessed a lot of dudes at the crag just being like yelling and, you know, it's like, fine. Yeah, they're super passionate. They really want to send. They're trying really hard. And yeah, it can suck to sometimes feel like, you know, your training, your efforts just aren't paying off or the conditions aren't lining up right or whatever it is. Maybe you slip and fall and you just weren't expecting it. You didn't, weren't holding enough body tension. And sometimes those things just happen and it's okay to, you know, feel frustrated about that. It's kind of that next piece of like, okay, but what do you do after that? And really being able to take a look at like, you know what, is this something that you know, when I experience this thing and I get really frustrated and I show my emotion, does it then dissipate or does it really hang around? And is it something that is going to ruin the rest of my day? Is it something that from this point on, I kind of like spiral down and I can't really get a grasp on things. I can't really, you know, get my emotions back under control after it. And speaking back to like the double standards, I think, you know, if you're somebody that's able to get that frustration out and you're able to like snap back and that's really what you needed in the moment, I think that's awesome. I, you know, I'm definitely working to have more of that type of a relationship with showing frustration and anger and really being able to say, you know what, like this is as okay for me as it is some other guy at the crag. Like it's okay for me to show emotion and frustration. And sometimes that's going to look like me yelling. Sometimes that's going to look like me crying. Um, And again, like don't let anybody else make you feel bad for that because Crying and showing a lot of emotion sometimes if somebody's not in touch with their emotions or maybe they're trying to, I don't want to say run away from their emotions, but for me for a really long time, I was pretty numb to emotion and because I was trying to protect myself from feeling things deeply, I really, I had a lot of judgment around other people crying because it wasn't something that I let myself do. So I was totally projecting onto them, you know, thinking that like crying, you know, whatever is weakness. And now being able to be a lot more in touch with my emotions and allowing myself to feel things again, I know that crying is a huge release for me. And it is for a lot of other people as well. And being able to take that and then move on from it like oftentimes like crying can release those endorphins and you're like wow I feel so much better after that I think a lot of the times too when we have things that are really frustrating or upsetting for us so I mean especially with climbing like what I always say is like you can't compartmentalize it you can't just go climbing and be like yeah and you know everything that's happening in my life I'm just going to totally separate it out and expect it to be fine I mean maybe some people truly can do that but I would argue like everything in your life like it's probably if you have some some things that you're really dealing with really going on in your life it's probably going to show up in your climbing and to be able to really express your emotions in that moment I think is going to be really helpful because think of it like okay if you really have to go pee or really have to go to the bathroom and you like cut yourself off midstream like that doesn't feel very good does it like you're you're always feeling like I gotta get a little bit more out like I gotta get it all out that's kind of like what crying is and kind of like what releasing that emotion and frustration can feel like is if you're always trying to like pinch it off like when are you ever going to get it fully out and then that's when you're just going to like have those freak out moments because you've let it build up so far. So, I mean, for me, the first thing that I would do kind of in this situation is make sure that I am dealing with my mindset stuff and make sure that I have kind of like a plan in place and identifying like, you know, what's actually going on here? Like, 
am I just like actually frustrated because my foot slipped or am I being really hard on myself? Am I actually just being a dick to myself right now because I'm not performing to the level that I want to be? And, you know, that's okay. But recognizing that and owning that and not blaming that on other people, not blaming that on external circumstances, because when it comes down to it, like we made the decision to go rock climbing. Like we are, we are literally putting ourselves in that situation. So being able to take that radical responsibility for that choice. And once you realize like, oh shit, this is my choice, then you can't really be that mad at yourself for making that choice. Like just own it and accept it. And being able to do some of that deeper mindset work and really question yourself, like, are you attached? your worth to your climbing performance. And I really do think a lot of us do that. For me, it's something that I, you know, constantly am trying to remind myself of like, you know what, like I am still just as worthy if I do not climb X grade. I am still just as worthy if I do not send this. And I am still just as worthy if I don't have a good performance day. Um, And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of days that I don't feel like I climb well. And for me, kind of like redefining the relationship that I have and redefining failure in and of itself. And that's one of the questions that we'll get to as well. But really being able to take that like zoomed out bird's eye view and say like, what is the actual deeper issue here? Like, what am I actually frustrated about? Am I frustrated that I feel like I can't keep up with my friends? Am I frustrated that I feel like I'm just like not progressing as quickly as I can? Like what is actually happening here? So maybe you need to journal about it. Maybe you need to talk to a partner, a friend about it or a coach. A coach would be a really great option as well. And really just get super honest and say like, you know what? Like I've been really frustrated lately and I'm showing a lot of emotion at the crag and And like, I just, I want to know like what's actually happening here so I can start to take steps to work on it. And that's the key is like, once you identify like, okay, what's the issue here? Why am I being so hard on myself? Why am I so frustrated? Then you can actually take the steps forward to start to mitigate that. And again, like, I don't think it's the goal to never show emotion. I just want to make sure that you're taking that responsibility for what's happening and then taking those action steps to reduce the amount of frustration that you have when you're climbing. Because when we think about it like again we're choosing to go climbing and we're we're choosing to do this sport that should be bringing us a lot of joy and if you're getting to that point where you're like fuck this like this just isn't fun anymore like we need to figure out what's going deeper and kind of fix and change your relationship to climbing so I would say with that as well, like really surround yourself with people that are able to hold space for you and support you, you know, like get comfortable with other people crying or showing emotion as well. You know, like there's definitely that threshold to where people are showing emotion and you're like, "Mm, that's not the type of like anger, whatever (laughs) I want to be around. And that's okay. You certainly don't have to be around those types of people, but, you know, surround yourself with a group of friends that if you're having a really shitty day and you do happen to cry at the crag, like they're not going to make you feel bad for it. They're going to make you feel seen, heard, and loved and understood and accepted and give you the chance to talk about the things that are happening. So get yourself a really good supportive crew. Anybody that's judgmental of you, you know, in this state, like honestly, it's just going to make you feel really uncomfortable. It's going to make you second guess things because what it comes down to is like, it's okay to feel your emotions. You are safe enough. You are supported enough to feel your emotions and you should be you should feel really comfortable doing so so the next question is dealing with failure and this is kind of like a broad question but I think it's a really good one and kind of like I alluded to before being able to redefine what failure means to you so like take a hard look at like what do you consider failure right now because for a lot of people it's a fucking broad ass range like everything is failure like everything besides getting to the top or sending is failure and when that is your definition whether you realize it or not 
No wonder you don't feel good. No wonder it feels hard to not (laughs) feel successful at the gym. No wonder you go to the gym and you don't feel good because your definition of failure is like 99% of what you're doing. So take a hard look and grab a journal, grab a pen or pencil and really sit down and be like, you know what? Like what makes me feel like I'm failing right now? Like what do I currently define as failure? And then what do I also currently on the other side define as success right now? Because ultimately, if you're able to broaden your definition of success and redefine some of those things for yourself, you're going to start to naturally narrow that definition of failure for yourself. And that's what we really want is for me and how I personally feel, I don't believe in failures. I believe in learning experiments. I believe in opportunities to do better the next time. I believe in challenges and I believe that All of these things give us the opportunity to grow if we choose to see them that way. If we choose to see them as obstacles, roadblocks, and failures, that's absolutely how we're going to perceive them and that's how it's going to feel to us. So dealing with failure, you know, there's only two options. It's either you learn or you do the same exact thing again. So being able to really get get clear on like, what do I right now consider failure and how can I start to see more things that I'm doing as successful? How can I start to thought shift around this to where I'm not being so hard on myself and I'm actually looking for those smaller wins? Because a lot of the times, you know, we see like, yep, getting to the top, finishing whatever boulder or climb it is as success, but like maybe just showing up that day is a success. So it's like, how can you find those micro or smaller wins throughout your session so that you can start to feel better? And for all of my clients, I actually recommend them keep a win journal. And in this win journal, you know, our brains are so hardwired to find the negative all the time. And it's really hard for us unless we have that like written evidence to go back and remember the positive. So again, grab grab your journal, grab your laptop if you're somebody that does really well typing and write down some small wins from your session. Like, I don't even care if you're like, all I did today was pet a dog. Like, awesome. That is that is a win. You showed up today. And sometimes, you know what? Success looks like not showing up. Success looks like taking a rest day. And that can absolutely be a big win as well. So the question is, you know, yeah, it's dealing with failure, but it's like, What are you making that failure mean? Are you making that failure mean that you're not as worthy, that you're not as valuable, that you don't deserve certain things? Like, what are you making that failure mean about yourself? That's probably the deeper question there. So the next question, what to do when you get stuck or bored bouldering and there's nothing good to project? So this is an excellent question. I've definitely been in this situation before and whether that's because, you know, people are projecting things that are easier or harder than you really want to get on or maybe you just have climbed a lot of things in that area. Maybe it's the gym, maybe it's outside. What I would recommend is first checking in with your body. So how are you feeling that day? Is it going to be a day where you could do something, you know, maybe higher volume but lower intensity and get a really good workout in or is it a day where you actually could just take a rest day and that would be more beneficial for you that would be my number one question if you're outside you could probably stand to take a rest day um if you're in the gym what i would really recommend is saying like you know what i'm actually going to challenge myself to get on my anti-style so if you're somebody that you know particularly likes slabs small holds and crimps maybe you're like okay well you know there's a lot of stuff on that steeper section that i probably have haven't even tried. Maybe you have to kick it down a couple of notches. Your ego is going to be screaming at you, but that's how you know it's a good thing. And really being able to challenge yourself of like, okay, 
I know my style is this. How can I go as anti-style as I possibly can? And another thing that I really love doing as well inside is making up competition style boulders. So things like run-in jumps or random silly dinos. I think a lot of people could stand to practice their dynamic movement a hell of a lot more than they do. So really saying like, okay, here's this like really easy V1. How many holds can I use to get to the top? Like, can I eliminate half of the holds? Can I do this route only using one arm? Can I do this route, you know, not using one of my legs? So really challenge yourself to get creative there and be able to expand your comfort zone like use that as an opportunity so if you're quote bored use that as a time to work on the things that you wouldn't naturally gravitate towards because I think we all kind of know our styles by now and we all know like you could identify really quickly like yep I know this is an area of weakness for me I know this is something that I could stand to work on so use that as an opportunity and use that as a time to really give yourself you know that that learning environment without judgment where you can start to practice these skill sets and notice when I say skill set, because working on something that doesn't feel like it's your style is absolutely a skill set. Like you didn't get to where you are at right now by only doing it a couple of times. Like it took a lot of work. So really check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. If it's something like, okay, yeah, I feel pretty good. I could definitely, you know, do some things, have fun, really experiment with it. There's no pressure. And if you're outside and you're like, okay, yep, I've done a lot of these things, or maybe they feel kind of above your pay grade. What I would recommend is just getting on them anyway. Like, do it. Why Why not? Like, there's no harm in it, um, especially if you're with people that are stronger than you, because that's probably one of the best ways to start actually climbing harder is like, you can't climb the V7 if you never get on a V7. If you're like, okay, well, I'm at V4 and I, I'm just going to like wait until I try a V7, like... No, you got to get on it before you're ready. And yeah, maybe you you won't be able to link any of the moves, but at least then you're going to know, okay, that's what it takes. That's exactly what it looks like. Um, a little bit of a funny story here. I actually went to Red Rocks a couple of weeks ago and got on what I thought in the moment was a V9. And it turns out I'd completely been starting the boulder incorrectly. And I was like, wow, that that felt really hard. Like that boulder felt, I, I was like, I don't even know if this is doable for me. I was like, wow, if that's really what it's going to require from me to uh, climb this and to climb V9, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it happen. And uh, comes to a comes to figure out there that that was actually the start to a V11 and no wonder it felt so hard. But now I know like, okay, wow, like, yeah, V11 does feel really, really hard. But, you know, I think if I did put a ton of work into it, maybe it could happen at some point. Like you never know. So I highly suggest just getting on the things anyway, because you never know what's going to fit you, fit your style, fit your box and just feel really good. Okay, next question. This one, I really like this one. Why do I like kettlebells so much? So I really, really do love kettlebells. It's something that brings me a lot of joy. I've been using kettlebells for about 10 years now. And what it comes down to is they're really portable. You can pretty much have them anywhere. Like if you live in an apartment, you can have kettlebells get a great kick-ass workout in and be done with it. You don't have to have a barbell. You don't have to have plates. Like it's so easy to just grab some kettlebells, do some swings, some squats, some single leg deadlifts you can do some snatches some cleans like honestly there's so many different 
basic movements that you can do with a kettlebell, get a really good workout in. And for me personally, I think a lot of it is very complimentary to climbing. If you have something like a hangboard and let's say a set of kettlebells, you don't even need to have that many, maybe one that's like 18 pounds, 26 pounds, 35 pounds. Like if you have a couple kettlebells, you can do so incredibly much with that. You can do supersets. You can do different sets where you do a set of hangs and then rest a little bit and then do a set of kettlebell exercises. I think they can go together really, really well. And with kettlebells too, there's so many different sizes that you can constantly be pushing yourself to use the next different size. And honestly, like you just feel kind of like a badass doing a single arm kettlebell swing. Like there's a lot of versatility to it. And I highly recommend if you guys have not used kettlebells yet, like they're super fun. Um, This is why I include it in almost every single one of my clients' training programs. I think they're just a really cool tool to be able to use. You feel really empowered once you kind of like nail the basic things down and be able to know that like, okay, yep, if I'm in a, you know, a small space, maybe I can't travel or leave, like I can still get a really good workout in and it's not going to take that long. Like maybe, you know, I can get a good work, a good kettlebell workout in, in about 10 minutes. Like it's a really low time commitment. And once you learn how to use the tools, those skills are going to stay with you for a long time. So the next question is, what do I suggest after taking a scary fall, like almost or completely decking? And this is a really great question. And hopefully this person has had enough time away from this incident to start to process things. I would not recommend doing anything, you know, immediately in terms of getting back on a rope or forcing or pushing yourself to like climb through this fear. I would really recommend taking some time for yourself and tuning in with your body and saying like, okay, do I feel ready yet? Do I feel ready to return to this? And being able to recognize like that might have been really traumatic for you. You know, it could be a big T trauma. It could be a little T trauma, but recognizing it as such, giving yourself permission to feel it as such and not letting anybody belittle it for you, not letting anybody tell you that it doesn't matter or that you should just get back out there. Really listen to yourself with this because if you try to push it too soon, it's going to make it a lot worse. So if you have had a scary fall in the past, you know, I would really be able to sit down and say, okay, like what, what were the things, what were the events that led up to this fall? You know, like, was it my error? Was it my Belair's error? And not placing any blame either. I think that's the really important part. Even if it was your Blair's fault, even if it was your fault, be really objective about this because honestly, it happened. It's not going to change anything to blame, shame, or guilt any other person or yourself in this situation. All I want you to do is to be like, okay, this is what happened and this is what happened as a result of it. You know, is this something that I can learn from? What did this give me the opportunity to grow in this situation as because things really and do truly happen for us. They do not happen to us, although in the moment, it really feels like it's happening to us. So that's why I say you need to probably be a little bit farther away from this incident in order to start to take that viewpoint of like, okay, why did this happen for me? What am I supposed to learn from this? What are the opportunities? You know, like, what did this bring me to? Is there something deeper that I was supposed to learn from this moment? And after a scary fall, you know, it's going to be really important to to find a belayer that you trust again. You know, if it's on a rope, if it's on bouldering, it's going to take 
getting really comfortable with pad placement, like making sure that you trust yourself first, because before we introduce any other variables, that's probably the most important one. So in what places do you not trust yourself? Do you not trust your decision making? It goes so much deeper than just the fall. It goes so much deeper than sometimes we even recognize or realize. And being able to, you know, again, be really honest and be like, okay, are there areas of my life that I don't trust my decision making? And is that affecting my climbing? Is that something that, you know, was a was a variable or played a factor in this scary fall. And after you're able to really recognize that, like working on healing that relationship with yourself, being able to trust yourself a lot more and giving yourself permission, giving yourself permission to trust your decision-making, to trust your choices, to trust your risk management and to trust your judgment. It's so incredibly important how, you know, things make us just question ourselves so much. And then all of a sudden we get to a point and we're like, I don't even trust myself anymore. But taking that power back for yourself and saying like, you know what, like my intuition is right. Like I really trust myself. I knew I shouldn't have, you know, gone over this bolt or I knew I shouldn't have like made that move over this pad because I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel safe, but I did it anyway. So let's, let's say for bouldering, you know, I really want you to be as vigilant as you can about pad placement. And if anybody else, you know, gives you shit about it, like it's who cares? It's if they're not climbing, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're the climber, the only thing that matters is your comfort and your safety. They can move the pads when they climb, you know? So it's like really like take up that space for yourself because honestly, you deserve it. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel safe and you deserve to feel like you can push things in a space where you feel really comfortable. You know, it's like, yes, we're trying to expand and grow out of our comfort zone, but not to the point where it's going to cause us to hesitate and then potentially have something bad or negative happen because of that. So with rope or sport climbing after a really scary fall is like having that direct communication with your player and saying like, you know what? Like I was really freaked out by this. Like, here's what I kind of need from you right now. And maybe you top rope for a little bit, you know, like take all the judgment out of it. Like there's nothing like an event to happen like this to where you're like freaked out and maybe you were like silently judging somebody who was climbing on top rope and now you're like, oh shit, I'm the person on top rope. So like take that judgment out of the situation and give yourself what you need in that moment. It's going to help you really relate to a lot of other people and understand where other people are coming from a little bit better if you give yourself that grace. So when it comes to, okay, like maybe I've been top roping for a little bit, maybe I'm ready to get back on a rope again. Honestly, baby steps. Do not push yourself. Do not give yourself any timeline as to when you need to do X, Y, or Z or push it in any way, shape, or form. Like you really have to listen to your body. You have to listen to yourself and give yourself the permission to take it slowly because your relationship with falling is really important. It's really important that you don't feel rushed through this process and that you don't feel like you need to move through the steps as fast as possible. And generally what I do and recommend with my clients when they're working through something like fear of falling is being able to really give yourself a mini goal for the day. And that kind of goes back to like, how do you define success? How do you define failure? Maybe success for that day is just showing up and getting on a rope in the first place. It's not having to make it all the way to the top and like pushing yourself, pushing yourself through this fear and through kind of your traumatic experience. And then what, walking away feeling worse about it? No, 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 no. That is definitely not the goal. So give yourself a mini goal for that day and then be really fucking proud of yourself when you accomplish it. Like, honestly, tell yourself, good job. Like, I am so proud of you. You did awesome. We're going to, you know, try to do that. Maybe it a little bit more tomorrow as well. And just kind of like taking those baby steps and allowing yourself to feel good with where you're at, you know? 
there's really a time and a place place to push it, but maybe right now is not it. Maybe right now after a scary experience like that is a time to come back home to yourself and a time to like really make sure that you feel safe and supported and secure. So after a scary fall, being able to really identify again, like, okay, what was it that led up to this fall? Are there factors, variables that I can eliminate in the future? And how do I do that? Give yourself as much patience and grace as you possibly can and be really open if you have a partner or belayer or a group of friends that you go with and just walk them through what you're feeling, but also take responsibility for it as well. And don't put limits on yourself like, oh, I can't get over the fear of falling or I'm just really, you know, I just can't get over this. Like, make sure you're being really mindful of your language and if you need to reframe it as saying like, I'm working through this right now and I know I'm going to overcome this, but right now I'm just you know, taking it one step at a time. Make sure you're being really conscious of your language and giving yourself that chance and opportunity to actually work through it. Okay, and the last question for today is, what is my personal outlook on my own climbing for this spring and summer compared to last year? And this was a really awesome question. And it's just, it blows my mind how thoughtful you guys can be. And I really appreciated this question. So, For me, my outlook on climbing this spring and summer, I'm really excited to be moving back to Leavenworth in just a couple of days. And there's definitely a lot of things that I want to get on. Um, Nothing yet for me that really pushes my grade in terms of something I haven't ever done before. I'm really looking to get on a lot of things that I have projected in the past and kind of see maybe if I can clean up some projects. I think for me that would feel really good and really fulfilling and like a really good base builder to my potential season. I'm really not sure what my summer climbing goals are going to be necessarily. Typically in the summer, I sport climb, but this last summer was really, really hard for me. And what it came down to is running a business takes a a large emotional toll and capacity. And for me, sport climbing also takes a large toll and capacity, especially when you get into project mode. Um, For me, it just takes a lot of time, energy, and focus. And I realized I just, I couldn't spend both. I was kind of burning the candle on both ends, trying to hard, you know, project with sport climbs and then also try to run a business at a really high level. And for me, it just, it wasn't working. And I chose my business ultimately and backed off of the climbing piece quite a bit and ended up not sport climbing pretty much at all last summer. And I really missed it, but I also felt like I just, I couldn't dedicate what I needed to feel really good on a rope. Um, For me, it feels really good to have very consistent time spent on a rope for me to get into that project mode. It doesn't feel really good to me to like sporadically do rope sessions. Um, I really like the consistency and for me, that's what makes me feel the best. So for this summer, I'm honestly not sure what that's going to look like, especially living in Leavenworth. I'm not sure if I'm going to, you know, find partners that I really jive with or get psyched on any of the uh, granite sport climbing or maybe even trad climbing out there. I'm just, I'm unsure. And I know it definitely gets hot there in the summer. You know, I'm willing to wake up early and go bouldering, but maybe for the summer, I'll just focus on training again and have that be just a part of the cyclical approach that I take to climbing. And what I've really noticed with myself is I used to be so fucking attached to my goals, so attached to my timelines when things needed to happen by. And I've really stepped back from that a lot. And I know things are going to happen. I know my goals will be accomplished when they're meant to be. And I don't feel kind of like this deep need to put this like such strict timeline on things anymore. And do I want them to happen, you know, soon? Absolutely. Am I going to work towards them as if they were going to happen tomorrow? Definitely. But am I going to be crushed when they don't happen tomorrow? No, because I have that assurance that they will happen when the timing is right. So I 
I'm really looking forward to this season and kind of seeing what it brings and staying really open-minded about it. There's a lot of projects, like I mentioned, that I wanted to clean up and just things that I haven't, you know, done before, fell on the last moves or just like (laughs) kind of like heartbreaker, couldn't get it done in this season. So I'm really looking forward to getting reacquainted with that, you know, potentially exploring other boulders that I haven't been on before because every other time I've been there, it's been, you know, like a weekend trip or like a very limited amount of time. So I'm really, really looking forward to having more of like, okay, when I want to go out, I can, you know, spend some really quality time on some boulders and not just feel like pressured to project all the time. So that for me, I think is going to be really fun. And I'm excited to see what will happen because it's not that I don't have goals. I absolutely do. I just also know that those goals no longer define my worth. So I am going to be the same person. I am just as worthy of a coach, a business owner, a human, regardless if I climb harder or not. So for me, that feels like a really good place to be in. I'm still going to try my damned hardest because it feels really good to do so. I love feeling like, oh, my skin is just wrecked and I feel like I tried really hard today. That feels really fulfilling. But do I necessarily need to send anything to get that feeling? No, I don't. So we'll kind of see what happens on that front. I'm really excited, really looking forward to it. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I so appreciate it. If you have not yet left a rating and a review, please make sure to go do so. It helps other people find the show and it gives me the warm fuzzies. Every time I read through my reviews, I'm like, oh my God, my listeners are the absolute best. And it really just inspires me to show up fully for this. It inspires me to bring my absolute best to this podcast. And I'm so appreciative of everybody that listens, downloads, and leaves a review. So thank you so much. And I will see you next episode.